Hello and welcome to the Wingnet Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people in my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting this. And I'll see you soon. Cheers, James. Hello, and welcome to episode 68, Travelling with Kathleen Israel. And on this week's episode, we really concentrate on Kathleen's trip to Spain to walk the France Camino Trail from France to Santiago de Compostela. And it's a real good chat about the Camino Francis Trail, which is about 491 miles, and Kathleen walked this in her 70s. So we talk about why she was doing it, how the trek was, the people that she met, tips and tricks that you need for that sort of multi-day, which is going to be like a month to two months worth of walking. So real good insight into that sort of trip. And it helped me because I'm walking another Camino Trail in Spain uh, next week. And it's real good to get some tips and tricks, understand how it works, even though mine's only six days. So it's a good contrast here. And we talk about Kathleen's previous life before that and the inspiration behind her husband for doing it because her husband had Parkinson's disease. So she talks about living with that for 14 years. And unfortunately, he's died. So that grief and then pushing her to do the Camino. So a real good, interesting chat. And I think you'll enjoy that. A different type of uh, episode this week, but still equally as good. And as I said before, update for me this week is I'm on the Camino on Friday. And this means you are going to get a lot of bonus episodes because I plan to do a daily diary of the walk. Now, we're going to be walking around 20 to 25 kilometers a day. It's going to take, who knows, probably, what, four to six hours in that range of doing that. But I want to explain what it's like, maybe any medical things or the trail the views the food the little villages and towns that we go through so i'm going to document all those type of things and it'd be like a quick 10 to 15 minute episode per day any stories that come across anything we talk about on the trek there's me and two friends that are going i don't think they'll make an appearance they might do might be in for a treat might be a bit of bants flying about but we'll see so yeah fantastic episode today and also i really hope you enjoy sort of this and next week's Camino series. It's going to cover Monday as well, so that is Monday's episode as a series. Back on to the guests in a few weeks. So have a good one. I'm currently back in UK. I'm recovering from jet lag, and I'm here for a couple of days in London on Tuesday and then off to Spain Tuesday night. Back to UK Friday after for a wedding, Father's Day, back in Vancouver on the Monday. So busy few weeks. It's great to be travelling again, and I'll catch you guys soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast. And this week, I'm joined by Kathleen Israel. Kathleen is the author of the best-selling book, Wisdom on the Camino, a spiritual journey showing forgiveness and possibilities to inspire the rest of your life. We are here to talk about that book today, Kathleen's journey in Spain, walking the Camino, and also some personal travel too. Kathleen, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yes, not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad. Please tell the listeners where you are, where you're based and what you're up to. Um, I live in San Diego, California, and um, I'm really 
just so busy right now. I'm doing so many things. I'm I'm taking a digital design class. Oh wow! And okay. I'm uh, I'm recertifying because I'm a transformational breathing facilitator. So I'm recertifying, and um, I just did a beginning experience like grief weekend for widowed and divorced people. I did I just finished that on Sunday yesterday. So I'm busy. <laughs> I'm promoting <laughs> my book. <laughs> And how long ago did you release your book out of interest? I, it was last August. I wrote the book. I finished it like in three months. And then I tried to make my website because I wanted to share my photos with everybody. Yeah. And that took like nine months. Oh, <laughs> wow. I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I, anyway, it was, it was pretty bad, but anyway, I'm glad it's done. And there you go. Yeah. I keep reading on online podcast specific, should we say? Yeah, people say podcasting itself, like, like what we're doing now is the easy part. The hard part is actually trying to promote it, trying to market it, trying to get all your websites and your social medias together, right? Has that been harder than actually writing the book, do you think? Oh, yeah. I, I, I Just writing the book was so fun because I got to relive all my adventures over mm. in Spain. And that was just like so fun. <laughs> and, and, and then when I tried to do that other thing, everything went wrong. And I just, I like threw out so much money at, at it that I didn't need to and stuff oh, like okay. that. <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the ultimate question. Do you throw money into parts of the, certain parts of the process, right? I can't decide what to do because I, I currently do it all myself, but it does take up a lot of time. Did you self-publish or did you actually uh, have a publisher for your book? Yeah, I self-published. It's oh, really okay. easy on Amazon. And, and I used the self-publishing school too. There's a self-publishing school online and, and I use them and they helped me do it. They show me oh. what to do. Is that on Amazon, that self-publishing school? No, it's just, uh, that's the name of the company, self-publishing oh, I'm writing school. this down. Okay. Yeah. And they, they take a lot of your money, uh, but they help you do it. And they don't, like some of those um, book writing companies they take part of you know they keep part of your money that you get from the book but okay self-published school doesn't do that all right so you sort of pay them to get kind of the the skills yeah. and, the, and to get set up and then obviously you take right. your own profits from your book right yep okay and please tell us like early on was mm -hmm. there initial interest in travel do you think I sort of asked this question in terms of a lot of people come on a podcast who probably had an early interest in travel whether that's like childhood or going into school like did you have that growing up um yeah well my my parents took us camping we had six kids in our family we didn't go anywhere on an airplane but when I was 18 I uh used to go backpacking with this 65 year old lady and she oh, took wow. a bunch of kids and we would just go backpacking and we did the Grand Canyon and then I I went to Hawaii to be a camp counselor when I was 19 so that was pretty amazing I mean, all by myself, you know, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. when my husband was traveling, I went to Japan with him. And uh, so that was pretty cool. I clam Mount Fuji. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Fun, yeah, Fuji-san. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then when I was about 50, I started traveling more. I went to school in Switzerland and I, I, I'm a breath facilitator. So I went to Italy and facilitated one of the first breath seminars over there. So that was really cool. <laughs> can you, can you, yeah. Can you explain what that is, a breath facilitator? What is that? 
Um, transformational breathing is a special breathing technique that creates the vibration of joy in the body and it helps people process emotional trauma. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have a body map that I use and I, I do a breath analysis and then I see where people aren't breathing and then I just help them breathe in those areas. Okay. We hold our, um, sadness or trauma on a cellular level in our body. And like, if we have a broken heart and then our body knows that if we breathe in our heart area, we're going to feel those feelings. So it shuts down the breath in the heart area and just breathes in the belly or, you know, or just um, like if we get our uh, free will shut down, maybe we're not breathing in the belly and we're breathing, you know, so it, I can see that, you know, with my clients and I can help them breathe in those areas. And yeah, that's yeah. a completely like new area. I have no idea about Yeah, That's breathing's important. Yeah. It's like our willingness to be here on the earth is directly related to our willingness to breathe. Yeah. Cause I saw, a podcast about this uh, i haven't listened to it yet from someone that i do follow and he got a breathing specialist on to do an episode mm. just on breathing and i think the the overview that i saw on instagram was like yeah this guy was saying that it's so important breathing absolutely and how we should do it properly and uh, it can even affect like so many different factors in your body and stuff like that so yeah that's it's a real interesting area that i just don't think it's even spoken about that much and where have you been based for the majority of your life I, I was born in san diego i have lived here all my 72 years and <laughs> I, I my parent both my parents were born here and my okay. husband was born here and his parents were born here we're just a san diego family okay and san diego can you tell this the listeners i've got i've got quite a few u.s listeners but maybe like european listeners What's San Diego like? Like, how would you describe your hometown or city? Oh, I, I'm just so, um, I live, I live in a mid-century modern little neighborhood here by San Diego State University. And uh, we get like nine to 13 in, or nine to 14 inches of rain a year. So it doesn't rain very much. Mm. So, and our water bill is very high. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, it's just like, ah <laughs> so when it rains we're all like oh thank you god water for the garden <laughs> yeah. and i i love san diego it's paradise i think i've never been but i my impression would be it's like a great place if you want to have a beach and some good weather uh, maybe maybe a laid-back vibe i guess maybe yeah yeah I, I think maybe it's laid back i don't know of course i'm just in it right yeah so it's just normal for me <laughs> we're going to delve into a bit more before we pass and then talk about the Camino in my notes I got here that you ran the Honolulu marathon in 1997 now for some yeah. reason I don't know why I get a little bit interested in running because I'm not very good at it and <laughs> people who run marathons or more I'm intrigued by the mindset like how did you prepare for that, that marathon because I guess it'd be hot Honolulu you know the I went to the Tony Robbins seminar and he he recommended that we all do something we would never do. The next week, I got this little mailer from the Leukemia Society about team and training. So I thought, oh, run the Honolulu Marathon. I would never do that. And so I thought that would be a good thing to do. So that's what I did. You know, they train you. I started out, I mean, I couldn't run. I was like, uh, I would go out and I would run for... 30 seconds and walk for five minutes and run for 30 oh, wow. seconds. 
walk for, and then I just kept, you know, um, running more each day. And finally I could actually, you know, run like for a half hour in a row. And, and then with the team and training, we just, um, they just trained us, you know, go out there and run together with all the other people. It's crazy how you can start with pretty much nothing. And then yeah, end up running absolutely. 26 miles, right? Yeah, I would. That's what I did. Cause I, I really didn't see myself as an athlete at all. Um, my husband was an athlete, but I, I was a wannabe athlete. <laughs> so, sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. one of those people that I'd love to run a marathon on day because the competition and you're trying to get a time, I'd hate to train for it. Um, unfortunately those two don't go unless you're a supernatural at it. Yes. Yeah, my husband uh, ran the marathon too, and he qualified for Boston. I mean, I think he was oh, wow. like three hours or something, and I was like five and a half hours. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but at least you finished it. I did finish it. That's the main I thing. I have right? a finisher's shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just need that proof, right? Yeah. And I you mentioned your husband here. He was a triathlete at, at the time, right? Was that? Yeah, he, he ran. Well, he. You know, yes, he was over in Hawaii at the time, actually working, and and he did the Tin Man. He didn't do the Iron Man. Uh, maybe it was a different time of year or something. He rode his bicycle. I mean, after he got Parkinson's disease, he rode his bicycle to Spokane, Washington, from San Diego, which is Whoa. like fifteen to eighteen hundred miles, something like that. That's crazy. So, yeah, he was crazy. <laughs> Like some people can just do that, can't they? They just go on a bike and just like some of my friends. Like this isn't like nowhere near in comparison in terms of mileage, but they would like back home go for I don't know a sixteen mile bike ride for a day. I'm like I can't even do ten. Well, like, he he told me he wanted to ride his bicycle to our son's graduation from Gonzaga, and so so I said, okay, go out and ride your bike. Let's see how far you can go in a day. And he came back, it was 35. And I'm, so I did the math and I'm like, well, we have to leave March 5th, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So we did. And how long did it take to get there? Yeah. The, it was two months. Two months. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's just like riding every day. Yeah. That's what I built in. Cause I figured he could ride three, uh, three or four days a week and he would need three days off, okay. you know, because yeah. Parkinson's disease kind of messes you up. That's what we did. Oh, wow. Okay. And talking of your husband, Ron, yeah, he had Parkinson's disease for 17 years. Yes. And maybe for the listeners and myself including here, don't know too much about it. Um, you do read about it. I guess the classic person is it Muhammad Ali. He had the Parkinson's disease, right? Right. And the Pope and Mark, uh, Michael J. Fox. I mean, I told my husband, really, all the handsome guys get Parkinson's <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what is the base of that disease? What happens? Do you know what happens to the body or, or the mind? Yeah, usually it's shaking, but my husband didn't shake. He his his presented as like he his body was a stone around him. He could not move. He did shake sometimes, but it was mm. caused by the medication that he was taking, not oh, from okay. the Parkinson's disease. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for 17 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Did it did it obviously get I guess got worse over the years, right? Yeah. So for the first, you know, um, I guess um seven years he was good, you know, yeah. and and then um he was going to get, he got a deep brain stimulator and it failed. And so he couldn't walk or talk after that. Oh, wow. That's awful. That was, 
2011. So till 2018, he was couldn't walk or talk watching cowboy movies. And I guess that's that means that you're obviously looking after him full time. Yeah, I, I yeah, I had to. Yeah, you know, I had to be there. And so um, I went online because I had to be there. So I went online and I uh, listened to a lot of enlightened thought leaders. And I did that for years. And I did personal healing with the thought leaders. Mm -hmm. And I would get one and then I would buy their program and do the work. And then it wasn't very interesting anymore. And then another one would come along and I would do their work. And so just over the years, I developed um, some philosophies myself about how to be okay for me, you know, how I could be okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I wanted to write my book about, my philosophies. And then I remembered that I told people about all those things on the Camino. So I wrote my book about walking the Camino and telling people about those things. Yeah, that was my next thing is like that experience. How did that match up with walking the Camino? Was that something in your mind, the Camino? Has it always been a, maybe a, an aim or did it just come about one day, do you think? You know, my, my friend Judy, we, were, we knew each other since fourth grade and um, she went on the Camino and she put it on Facebook. And of course, there I was watching all her pictures and mm. stuff. And, and she even like she got blisters and was walking with bloody feet and everything. And and I was just like, well, that didn't sound very good. But um, I knew, I felt like she was fulfilling a dream. And I that's when I decided to um adopt that dream and i i called her and asked her um she said she did her camino in september 2013 so i must have been thinking about it since then till i went i guess the aim would have been to do the full because there's so many trails right in camino so i guess you were thinking about maybe doing the the main trail which is from france to santiago right. de compostela is that the town uh, city so was, was that always the aim to do the actual proper long yes run? that's the one i wanted to do that's the one judy did uh she she actually was still working so she couldn't do the whole thing but i knew i wanted to do the whole thing and uh that was that's the traditional one i think and so yeah. that's why i wanted to do that one last august i went to portugal and walked the one in portugal yes that's about I don't know how many there is in total, maybe 20 is there, or maybe more different trails, I think I saw. Right, there's lots. There's mm -hmm. lots, right? So for the big one that you're going to do, how did you, was there a plan in place? you like, right, I'm going to walk, I don't know, a certain amount each week, or what was your thought process before you go going? Like, what was the, the plan? Well, I had been walking with my friend, uh, Severa, and we walked five miles in the morning, three days a week. And I thought... Okay. Five miles does not hurt me. I could just walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch, and it wouldn't be a problem at all. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I decided I could do. And that's, that's what I plan to do. Would you advise me? I mean, I can do five miles is pretty easy. Like, I, I, I've got my mind for my, my trail, which is the Finisterre trail, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Right. right. Um, I keep thinking, no, I need to do like a 30, 30 kilometer a day. Because we're, we're going to walk it in six days. So that's going to be about 20 kilometers a day. Um, it's about 120 Ks in total. Uh, I don't know how many miles that is. But yeah, so I keep thinking that easy to do it one day, but like, oh, day after day, different kind of game, well, isn't it? 20, 20 is pretty doable for most people. I yeah. am an old lady. So, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't do that much. As a matter of fact, 
I can do 13 in a day and it doesn't hurt me at all. But once I get past 13, I'm like pushing myself. Okay. Yeah. But uh, most people can, that's not a problem at all. But I, I think I, I pretty much think that if you try and walk too far and walk too fast, uh, you're going to get blisters. That's what I think. Yeah. I could be wrong because I, I, I didn't get blisters. Um, but I, I wear negative ion socks too. So, you know, that they really make your feet good. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I I don't normally get blisters. There's a few, there's a few reasons because I've done when I was really young, this is a long time ago, actually, when I was about, must've been 16 in in Europe, you can do a walk called the Nijmegen marches, which is in Holland. It's normally a hundred miles over four days. So it's quite, it's quite intense. But to qualify, you have to do 50 miles in two days in England. And I remember doing, this is, I don't know what happened here, actually. I don't know if you have any insight. The 50 miles in two days, absolutely fine. Yeah, it was like tough going, but no blisters. But mm-hmm. the one day I did it in Holland, I was blistered on each each foot. And I was like, where's that coming from? But it was excru- like excruciatingly hot. Like it was like 40 to 42 degrees hot. I don't know if it had any part. You got to make sure your your shoes breathe. And I also, I recommend that every time you go to get a cup of coffee or something, you take your shoes off while you're sitting there and then Uh, on the trail. Yeah. Ah, okay. Take your shoes off and let your feet breathe and then put your shoes back on and keep going. Good tip that. What about, Mm -hmm. um, before we get to the actual Camino itself, the the trail, what about any like preparation for gear? Did you have all your maybe like walking poles and your backpack and maybe some waterproofs and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I don't know if you have REI there. We have REI here yes. in San Diego. So I just ordered most of my stuff on REI and then I would try it on. And if it fit or like it, I would take it back if it was too heavy and I would take it back if, if it didn't fit, I actually tried four packs before I found the one I, that was good. I always wear Basque shoes, so that okay. wasn't hard to figure that one out. Mm. I went to a, a lecture at the library about how to pack light for the Camino. Oh, right. Okay. I mean, yeah. this lady was cutting tags out of her shirts and everything. She <laughs> did, I mean, and she had us hold like a shirt that was lightweight enough for the Camino and then another shirt that wasn't. And you could really tell the difference between the lightweight um and it gave me kind of like, okay, so I know what I'm looking for, mm. you know. And also, I, I took some things that I shouldn't have taken. Oh, yeah. Um, it always happens, right? I have a hard time with food. So I thought I was going to have to cook my own food. So I brought a pot with me. It's made out of titanium, but I didn't really use it very much. But I did use it sometimes. Okay. Anyway, most people wouldn't bring that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thing to bring, yeah. What about yeah. also the logistics of like recording your trip? Like, did you have an idea of maybe, right, I need to write every day, like a daily diary, or did you do a voice note on your phone, like anything like that? No, I I brought a little journal and I thought I would do that, but I didn't. And so what I did do was um, I told my friends on Facebook about everything and I took pictures and showed them to them. And also my kids, my daughter made uh, a WhatsApp called Mom's Walkabout Check-In. And okay. so 
So I told them the gory details, whereas I told my friends the story of, you know, (laughs) know, my trip. And so between those two, I could write the book. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's not a bad idea that. What I'm going to do is podcast it, I think. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, because I take a microphone and I I just need my phone. Um, You can record it offline and just do like a daily diary type thing. Um, That's my sort of idea I guess writers if if you're a keen writer I guess journaling is the way to go as well Um, I just don't feel I'm just not good at it I don't think so um, I saw people like talking into their phone and I thought they were probably journaling uh, audio journaling yeah you know so the actual trail itself so you you arrive in France I guess to start yeah I I I went to Paris for a week oh dream have jet, (laughs) jet lag when I got to the Camino yeah and and then I I took a, a plane to Bayonne and I took a cab over to where I was staying. And then I took a train to Saint Jean, Saint Jean Pied-de-Port. And that's where it starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you find quickly the Paris? Did you enjoy Paris for a week? Yeah, I did. I I don't usually do tourist stuff. You know, I usually go somewhere to do something. Yeah. And, and so I was there. I took tours. I, you know, I, I'm an artist. I took a, an art class and I, <laughs> you know, I had a lot of fun, actually. Got my hair cut. I, I, I had kind of long hair before that, but I thought, you know, I just need short hair because I don't want to take a lot of stuff. So I took a little tiny comb. <laughs> I thought, I needed short hair for a little tiny comb. Yep, same as me. I don't need too much either. <laughs> and can you speak French? Nope. No. But how, how did you find that? Yeah, it wasn't a problem. Most okay. uh, Paris is a big city. Yeah, huge. Yeah. And nobody was mean to me, I don't think. <laughs> I, I mean, it might have been and I missed it or something. <laughs> might have said something, but how do you know? I use Airbnb and they have, uh, you can schedule classes and things so I got a um, tour of Paris and the guy spoke English and yeah and the lady that did my art class spoke English and okay that helps I guess for Spain can you speak Spanish I do you know San Diego's right next to Mexico so I speak a little bit but um, you know you can just say something on your phone and it tells you how to say it Modern day, right? Quiero una cama para esta noche, por favor. <laughs> That's, I need a bed for tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm writing that down. My Spanish is not very good, so <laughs> I'm taking tips. Yeah, so you, you start your walk. Do you have an idea in mind how long it's going to take? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I knew I wanted to finish it. I wasn't going home till I finished it. Okay. And 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 they make you get your ride home, you know, they... They, they, they don't let you just go there without I'm going home at this time. So I just thought I gave myself days to get sick and I gave myself days to um, like Holy Week. I was there during Holy Week and I took Holy Week off. So, and then I took every, I was walking and I mean, I'm Catholic and, Mm -hmm. and I would get to somewhere on Sunday and I, and I would just flop on my bed and then I'd forget to go to mass. And, and I'm like, geez, I'm on a holy pilgrimage. I should be, <laughs> I mean, here I am not going to mass on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. and, and so then I just decided to take Sundays off. So okay, nice. I yeah. would go somewhere and I would wake up somewhere and go to mass. And then I would just be a tourist during the day. Okay. And did you, 
book like accommodations and places to stay on en route or did you camp like what was the process there oh yeah you can't camp they don't they don't like that i mean oh really oh okay maybe maybe sneak i don't know but they don't like that oh okay yeah uh so um there's albergues and when i went it wasn't covid so you know there were albergues i just when i went to portugal a lot of places were closed so that was really awful okay um but anyway i um yeah they told me to make your reservations the first three nights. So that's what I did. And yeah. they, I, I got a book. Oh, there's a lot of books about how to do it. And they have all the places to stay and they've got all the amenities in each city written down for you. And so it's really great. I emailed the places I wanted to stay the first three nights and uh, some of them got back to me. Some of them didn't. That was unnerving. I stayed in a really great place in Sunshine. Uh, it was the Bellori or Bellari. It's really nice. So mm-hmm. if you can get a reservation there, that's <laughs> good. Um, and really, uh, most of the places, if I got there, they would tell me we don't have any room. And oh, I would wow. say, I have a reservation. And then they'd ask me my name and they say, okay. You know, so that just tells me, no, you can't just go there. And I mean, some places you can, some places don't take reservations, but um, in Sanchan, I think you should have a reservation. When I got there, it was snowing on the Pyrenees and it was against the law to go over the Pyrenees. So I couldn't go to those other two places that I made a reservation anyway. I had to walk around the mountain. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really great. It was, oh, oh yes. So walking around the Pyrenees must have been unbelievable views, right? Yeah. Yes. It was, it was beautiful. Some of my greatest pictures are that part. Yeah. But what, what happened, they told me you can't go over or his son. And so, so I, they said, you got to turn off, you know? And so I just started walking and I'm like, gee, I wonder where you're supposed to turn off. And I got to the sign that said, or and I'm like, oh no. So I had to walk four miles back to the town and go out the other direction. So I like added eight miles onto my, my first day. So that's not ideal. That is it. (laughs) No, but when I got to Roncevalles, the place I got to, there was a group of people there and we, it was everybody. It was our first night. So we all made a WhatsApp. And so we followed each other along the way the whole you know everybody and every once in a while I would meet up with somebody from that night it was really great that's awesome that that's gonna be one of my questions actually like each so, day you meet new people right you must be yes yes that's the best part yeah and it, I, mean, I at first I was like how do I get to meet people I don't know how to do that you know? yeah 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 and then all of a sudden everybody's talking to me and so I didn't have to worry about it and I guess in the modern day well, you can just, yeah, like I say, set up a WhatsApp, done. Right. Like, in the old days, what'd you do? Just maybe hope you see them on the, on the trail. Maybe have a phone number to ring on the mobile. But even before then, like, how would you keep in contact? Yeah. So people used to write their addresses for each other, I guess. I oh, mean, okay. Yeah. People had little address books and stuff. It's so nice. Like we tell each other happy Easter and stuff, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, year. yeah. <laughs> and did you like share stories of your trail, like your experiences as well, I guess? Yeah, I remember I was walking down this trail and it was so uneven and I actually sort of gracefully felt on my butt 
And one of the guys came by and he wanted to help me up. And I'm just like, uh, no, I'm going to stay down. So I scooched down on my butt the whole way down <laughs> this rock faced thing. And, and I was so glad I didn't have any holes in my pants when I got to, the <laughs> yeah. but that was really nice of him. He wanted to help me, but I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm standing up here at all. Yeah. And did you meet different people who are doing like different types of distance a day? Like, did you meet anyone who's doing the same distance as you? Like if you're sticking to around, I don't know, five or six miles, like how did it? I only met one person that I passed and it was this woman from New York and she was just walking and walking and she's, and, um, actually, uh, the first I had to go to the bathroom a lot. So I went, I, I walked with her a little while and then I went to the restroom and then I came out and I walked, I walked again and I passed her. And every time I went to the restroom, <laughs> she would pass me and then I would pass her. <laughs> you must have saw people even about the WhatsApp group just like popping up on the same route, right? Right, right. Not really that much because oh, I walked okay. so slow, but oh, you know, okay. yeah. actually there was this one guy and he kept showing up and I was really surprised. And one day I got, um, I had to walk 28 miles in one day because I, everywhere I went, nothing was open. Oh, wow. Okay. That night I caught up with quite a few people from my first night. We were all at the same place that I went to. And that was really great. Okay. And do people just stay at the same locations on the route or was there lots of options, maybe like next town or next village? Yeah. This one town that I was at, there was one, there was a giant municipal albergue. So they've got some of the albergues are run by families, some by municipalities, some by religious organizations. And so the one I, it was Estrella and everybody was there for some reason. It was just like, God gave us a gift or something. <laughs> <laughs> albergues, can you maybe explain to listeners what they are? Yeah, an albergue is uh, along the Camino. The albergues are a cheap place to stay for pilgrims. Because it's a pilgrimage. They're in every town. And like with COVID, maybe not. In the book, they tell you, well, you're going to walk this far today and you'll get to this place. Mm. And this is the name of the albergues. Just pick one and give them a call and make a reservation. So that's what you do. And so they're they're like like five euros or five to 12 euros a night for places. That's cheap. It is cheap. Oh, wow. And uh, they only want you to stay one night. You can't stay longer. Mm. Uh, If you need to stay, you need to get a pension. Yeah, they just big room full of bunk beds and, you know, lots of snoring at night. And (laughs) yeah, not funny. And uh, not not if you can't sleep with snoring. That'd be me. uh, I had this woman. It was quite a while into the trip. And this woman showed me what to do because I got some pretty good earplugs yeah. and they did not work at all. And so she, she showed me these foam ones. She got at Walgreens and she showed me how to use them and they actually work. So I was happy after that. Yeah. Key. Cause if you're like knackered from the day you need your sleep. Yeah. Like a lot of people suffer with that. Like maybe like it's just a bit noisy in, in I guess like a dorm room really, isn't it? Like, 
Yeah. Um, and yeah. then didn't get My, enough sleep. You know, you a lot of the albergues will have a room you can go into, like they'll charge you 20 euros and you can go into a room and have a good night's sleep. So that's probably a really good thing to do if you haven't been able to sleep. I got sick because I didn't get enough sleep. Oh, wow. Those, yeah. those 20 euro rooms, are they like just one person or can like maybe three people share it? Yeah. Um, well, sometimes they have like two... Two double beds or two two twin beds or yeah, it all depends. Like you can, a lot of times it can be like three people. How, how many times did that happen on the whole trek? Do you think like where you thought you just can't do anything until you're better? Yeah, probably about four times I was sick okay. at this one place, and this guy from Poland comes up to me and he goes, "Yeah, I'm really feeling sick. My bones hurt, and you know I." And I just backed up. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want this, whatever he's got. Yeah. I I told him, here's a bouillon cube, you know, and make yourself some soup. And but then I did get sick from that. But I think maybe he got sick. I think a lot of people on the Camino were sick at that time. I went to Lyon at this place and they had a cafeteria and most of the people were sitting by themselves. And I thought, yeah, everybody's sick here. Everybody doesn't want to get everybody sick. And so, mm. so I think, I, I don't think I should blame it on the poor, poor Polish. Guy. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just in the air right then, you know, people were getting sick. There was a bug. The thing is, in theory, if one person gets that and you're all roughly along the same route yeah. and kind of staying at the same place, it's going to happen, right? Surely. Yeah. You sit around the table together, eat dinner yeah. together, you know, yeah. pass the, pass the bread. Don't get any germs on it, though, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and on your trail, what would you say was the main, like, points of interest in the trail, do you think, that people maybe well, look for forward me, to? For it, me, it, I, you know, because I'm religious, uh, loved seeing the, um, the statues of Mary, uh, the ancient statues of Mary in Spain. They're very stocky. They look like they're made out of, like, a big piece of wood <laughs> and... Uh, you know, and they maybe have a baby Jesus on the lap. And um, a lot of the churches were closed because, you know, unless they had like a gift shop or something where they could have somebody watching the place, Mm. you you can't just leave a church open um, unless it's a very simple church. There were some of those very simple and then there wasn't anything to steal or break or anything. Right. Um, So I, I really love that. And um just some of the areas, like I was walking in this area and it was like you were in a room. It was like the, the, the trees above had little tiny leaves and they were yellow and they, it felt like they were like right down as a ceiling above you. And I walked through there. It was so beautiful. And then I went around this corner and all of a sudden there's this living room right there in the wilderness somebody like put all these comfortable couches and chairs there and they had a little trailer there and they were making hamburgers for people oh wow it was just uh anachronism you know (laughs) great i just loved it there was another place uh i was walking along and i saw this beautiful ruins in the in the distance and i walked up to it it was so beautiful spires and stuff and uh, oh it's gorgeous and I walked under this arch and I heard fair Irish fairy music oh yeah and, th- and then there was a Filipino guy in there with a kilt on and a and a white t-shirt 
Oh. And he was making egg salad sandwiches for people. <laughs> and it was just like, are you kidding me? This is like too great. It was yeah. I was like, ah, it was wonderful. Talking of food, how did you plan that? Chuck it me an idea of like how you do this sort of like long walk. Would you buy some dry food just to cook in a few towns? Or would you just, every day is different and you just decide what to do that day? Yeah. Um, it. You know, I... So every day I would buy a cucumber and a tomato and an apple and a sausage. Okay. And I could just eat those things. Sometimes I bought some bread and sausage and like a couple of times I found some camembert cheese and cheese, I put yeah. it thick on the bread and put sausage on it and wrapped it up. And that was really good. I bought a lot of zucchini and made uh, zucchini and tomato and onions um, with eggs for breakfast. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. And dinner. Yeah. (laughs) And every day I bought a potato and I put it in the microwave before I left and then it was hot. And so I wrapped a hanky around it and I put it in my pocket. So it'd be nice and warm. And then I would eat it during the day. Nice. And would the accommodation have like kitchens as well each night? Yeah, different, like if if they had, um, if there was a grocery store in town, they would have a kitchen. And if there was no restaurant in town, they would provide the food for, you know, you, you oh, wow. okay. buy dinner there. Yeah. So usually if they, if they provided any meals they provided, I ate there. I paid for it and I ate it. Yeah. Let them cook it for me. And then uh, if they didn't, then I would just find the grocery food and cook it yeah i guess they have to mitigate both scenarios right no grocery store needs to provide a meal if there is provide a kitchen yeah i guess they have to um, provide that because otherwise what do you do yep they know what to do they it's their town and (laughs) (laughs) and i'm looking at the map as well on the generic uh, map of the community trail, because it's so big, there's like loads of places to imagine but the main places i got here were i can't even announce the first place ron san saval Roncevalles. Roncevalles. And then Pamplona. And then Puente yeah. La Reina. Yeah, I went through. I thought I would stay in Pamplona, but when I got there, I didn't feel comfortable. And so I kept walking. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And and that was one of my great adventures was when I kept walking. And I I was really tired and I sat down in this park and some guy came by and said, Are you looking for an albergue? And I said, Yes. And he said, Well, it's right up the hill. And so I went up there and uh, the place's name was Maribel Rondal or something like that. And so I had one of my guardian angels name is Maribel. And I'm like, oh, okay. And my husband was Ron. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I think this is my place. Yeah. I have a yeah. yeah. And so I stayed there and I met one of the other people from, from the first night there too. Actually, she got blisters. So she had to be slow. Poor thing. Yeah. That must that must set you back actually blisters that's probably underrated i guess so there's a lot of you know a lot of foot specialists along the way and also <laughs> you know there's um most of the towns have a pharmacy and you can just go in there and they'll just take care of you it's yeah. like going to the doctor yeah and did you then go on to puente lorena lagrono and burgos yes as a matter of fact i i spent a weekend in burgos yeah, yeah. Is that a bigger town? Would it be? It's a big town. Yeah. They have like a street, uh, they have a 
a cathedral on every corner practically. It's just a really giant church place. <laughs> okay, right. But I, I um, that was I. I actually took a bus when I was going to Burgos. Uh, it was a nine mile walk along the freeway, and I had walked along the freeway quite a few times already. And I was just like, I don't want to walk nine miles on the freeway. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I took a bus for nine miles. Okay, from Villa, Villa Fria to Burgos. That's allowed, isn't it? You can do that. Yeah. You know what? Everybody can do anything. And I, I thought I would walk the whole way, but you know, I was sick. I was sick and I, I just thought I can't do that. And also the other thing is that I decided that it would probably be better not to have a perfect Camino because um, perfect things, I mean, they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I doubt so. that someone's got a perfect one, right? There must be something that went wrong in the months that you right, walked surely right. I mean there's people you know you don't even have to walk the whole thing you can get your Compostela yeah. just walk 100k if you go just go to Saria you can walk 100k into uh Santiago mm. and a lot of people do that and there's nothing wrong with it um I just wanted to do the whole thing that's what I wanted to do that and I wanted to carry my pack the whole way too and I did until I got sick and then I I let them take my pack for me when I was sick. Yeah, they, that's fair enough. They they have people that can drive your pack around for you. Right. I met a guy who was taking a cab to every albergue. He he wasn't walking at all. He was just Oh wow. <laughs> and I, I wanted I asked him why and he would he didn't want to talk about it. So I don't know, maybe he had cancer. I don't know, you know, something. Huh. Well, what intrigues me is how well prepared they are. I've got this thing in my mind that you might turn up to a village and you're like, right, I need to stop. And there'd be like nothing there. But I guess every little place has got something there to help you, right? Yes. And some places don't. Most places have a bar that you can go in and use their restroom and get a coffee. And then uh, that's what I really liked about those books that they told you what was in the town. Yeah. The last on, on the Portuguese, I used the Camino Ninja app. That was great. You you can just see how far you want to go, what how what the altitude is. So if it's going to be high, you don't want to be walking 30 kilometers, mm. you yeah. know, maybe I'll go 12 if there's mountains, you know, and and it was great. And then uh, booking.com is hooked up to it. So you can just book oh, right. right there, you know. Yeah, a yeah, lot of yeah. the Albergues yeah. want you to use Booking.com. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know Booking.com, but obviously, I didn't realize it's that prominent to use on the way. Because my 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 question would be like, was there was there times where you just didn't have anything booked, and it was getting a bit late, and you're like worrying? Like, was there times like that on the train? Yeah, like that time I walked 28 miles that day. <laughs> yeah, wow. Every and really, the I just had the book at that time. And the book told me that they would be open in April, but no, they were not open in April. And so I had to walk to the next town. And then the next town said, well, we didn't get our sheets or something like that. So we can't open yet. And I'm like, I don't care. I have a sleeping bag, you know, but no, they wouldn't let me in. And then, and then I, I went to the next place and, and they were full. And then, you know, I just kept going and going and, Finally, I got to this bar and these people were like, everybody wanted to call me a cab. I must have looked like terrible or something. Oh, no. (laughs) And I said, no, I I didn't come here to take a cab. I'm going to walk, you know. And and so I, uh, 
yeah, I walked um, to Estrella. Yeah, it was 28 miles. That's a long day. But I caught it? up with my friends. That was great. <laughs> that must be a pick me up, right? Let's say you had a bit of a tough day and you get to the place. And you're like, oh, you send like two people that you know. That must be a really good feeling. Yes, it was. It was it was delightful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because then you can like sort of talk about your struggles that day. And then they'll be like, yeah, it's all right. We can listen to you and stuff like that. Because imagine if you're on your own, like, and now you're WhatsApp, I guess. Like, you could probably WhatsApp someone. But like in, in person, if you're on your own, there's no one to talk about your day to. So you might have to. Like, you know, yeah. that was a problem when I was in the mountains and it was windy roads all the time. I really felt lonely, like nobody was around. And then when I got into the straight stretches, you could see far ahead and I could see people uh, okay. far ahead of me and yeah. people behind me. And all of a sudden I was like, you know what? You weren't alone before. You just couldn't see all the people that were here, you know. Got it. And yeah. that made me. That made me feel good that I could see people. Yeah, ahead. I think that's key. I think if you're, especially on, on your own, 100%, to kind of see those guys. From Burgos, you went to, I guess, Leon and Astorga and Ponferrada. That's right. along the trail. Oh, my gosh. I, You know, Burgos was really great. And uh, the other thing is I, I had to renew my phone when I got to Burgos. So um, it was kind of an adventure trying to renew my phone. I had to wait till Monday, ended up waiting till Monday to um, go to the phone store. And mm -hmm. I, so I got a, a Vodafone. I, I think Vodafone is great over in Spain. Okay. When I went, I got the Vodafone right at the airport. Yeah, that was really good. And then Astorga is so beautiful. They have a palace there made by Gaudi. And oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, the cathedral is so beautiful. And I felt, I just loved I loved Astorga. Mm -hmm. We stayed in a big uh, convent in Astorga. Yeah. And like the earlier you get there, the lower uh, floor you are on. So I got there oh. late and I was on the top floor. Oh, no. And later you get, the colder your shower is too. So oh, yeah, fair. So I, I was, I got there and I, I had to walk up all those stairs. I was so tired and I could. Got up into my bed and I laid down and then somebody came in and said, well, the shower's almost cold. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, I think I better go take my shower before it's all the way cold. I, sometimes you might, need, you might need a cold shower. Maybe it's not a problem, but I guess it depends how, yeah, I, how the day's that been. Was, that, that's something I did not like. I can, I, I'm better now. I can do a cold shower now, but I could not do a cold shower back then. <laughs> I just, I just needed some comfort after my husband died, you know? <laughs> yeah. Need... And what about nature? Like that's got a random question here on my notes. Like, oh. was it, was it pretty hilly or was it pretty flat? Like how would you summarize the, the trail in terms of how like, the difficulty level that, of it? You know, the Mesita people told me that Mesita was boring. They were so wrong. It was beautiful. They had, like because of modern agriculture, the mesita has fields of flowers and uh, fields of, you know, plants and fields that haven't been planted yet. They're beautiful with their cloddy dirt and stuff. It was, I thought it was beautiful. And that is flat, the mesita. Yeah. They were saying, oh, you're going to hate the mesita. And I'm like, gee, I would choose the mesita over climbing a mountain anytime. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Climbing a mountain sounds great in theory, right? 
you know, those mountains, you, you're climbing up there. You got your backpack on. You're climbing up there. You got your poles, bump, 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 you know, and then uh, it's like the the trail kind of curves. And you think, oh, good. It's at, I'll be, I'm almost to the top. And then you get up there and it curves again. And yeah, yeah. Like keep going. And I just kept thinking this cannot last forever. Mm. I have to get to the top at some time. Yeah. Walking up the mountain to La Faba. I got sick just from dehydration mm. because I was drinking a lot, but I was sweating so much. My clothes were all wet when I got. Of course. To was it quite a relief when you got down to the start point? You're like, oh. like, well, when I got to the top, I, I just sat down and I couldn't move anymore. And this guy came running back and said, you better hurry up. It's almost full. If I hadn't gotten there, I would oh. have had to walk to the next place. Oh. <laughs> So I just got up and went, you know, I'm like, you can do this. Wow. Imagine <laughs> you did do that. How nice of him. That's awesome. I know it was because I was almost there. And he, 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 I, you know, I found people cared so much for me while I was there. I was walking down this hill and this guy came up to me and he said, take off your sunglasses. I'm just afraid you're going to trip. Oh. And I'm like, I'm not going to trip, <laughs> but you know, caring <laughs> yeah, yeah. hearing about me and and I was walking down to Port Martin and you have to go down these like this. I think maybe they look like the stairs for the gods or something like the this. You have to jump down from rock to rock. People were like walking ahead of me and pushing the rocks out of the way for me. Oh, wow. I was just like, what's going on? I think it's because I was an old lady and they didn't <laughs> want me to fall or something. I don't know. But it yeah, was maybe. just like. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but I think I think if you think about it though, like I, I would expect it to be you know helpful people you know on this trail and that maybe looking out for each other because it's a long way, and whether you're I don't know an ultra marathon runner or someone who's never walked before, I think it's tough for both people on different fronts, right? So I guess they would look at you know look out for people on the route, right? <laughs> and I think that's, that can only be like a a good thing. Like at least you've got someone like just maybe that could even help you out in a bad situation. Yes. Yes. So I met this lady and she didn't have any money left and she wanted to know if I was doing laundry. She wanted to stickers in with me with mine. Oh. And so I'm like, okay. And so we did our laundry together. And, and then the next day I knew she was out of money, you know, mm. we hadn't gotten to a bank yet. And um, so I bought her coffee. People have bought me stuff too along the way. Is that just because of like, you've got no cash? Is that, is that what you yeah. needed? Right. Right. Because uh, you need cash at the little bars. You, they're not going to do credit card at the bars. Right. So you need cash. That's, good. That's a good idea. But I guess the uh, the accommodation stuff will be card, right? No. A lot of no. times, you know, I went to this, actually went to a pension once and they they said they would take cash. Uh, no, they said they would take my card, but the wind had blown something down and they couldn't <laughs> take it that night. We'll take your card in the morning. Well, in the morning, the thing was still down and I had to give them all my cash. It's a good thing right. I had cash. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, actually good tip. For budget purposes, what would you say was the average per day you were spending, do you think? I do not know. Uh, and really over time, I mean, because of COVID, the prices are probably higher now they were a lot yeah. higher i think you could go i mean i think 50 dollars a day would be or 50 euro a day would be high yeah yeah 
I didn't, I bought my food as much as I could. Then the massive ahead, if the accommodation, if you shared the the big dorm rooms, right, with bunk beds, they could be right. five, 10 euros a night, right? So I guess. Right. And then you know, you're going to buy food. maybe eight euros worth of food, yeah. you know, at the grocery store or four euros or you do, you do your laundry. It's four euros. Minimum 25, I think, euros okay. a day, right? Minimum, do you think, roughly? I would think. To get by. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. It's just interesting. People like would probably want to plan a bit of a budget, wouldn't they, for that sort of trip? Like I would go to the bank and I would get uh, 250 or 350 euros and I would, you know, keep it in my my belly pack thing. And then I would uh, you look you can look in the book and it tells you where the next ATM is. Oh, OK, but the, the cool thing that I did was I got a Charles Schwab debit card. Okay. And they will actually give you back the charge that you get charged to do to do an ATM. Oh wow. They they give that money back to you. And also they don't charge for um euros to uh dollars or they don't charge transaction sure. fees. So so I got a, a Charles Schwab debit card and uh and also I got a REI credit card that they don't charge a transaction fee either. So I didn't have any transaction fees okay. for anything. That's interesting, that, that Charles Schwab debit card, because how do they make money? They're giving you money back. Crazy. You know what I think? I think they, all these people that are traveling, they're they're like, uh, let's get them in. Let's get them loving us. And then they'll and then, yeah. be trading with us. <laughs> yeah, they're not <laughs> stupid, are they? <laughs> I think they make their money on the on the traders. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. It's, it's probably a service, you know, that, they're just, you know, like you, I don't know, in San Diego, we have Costco and you go to Costco yeah. and you can get a chicken for five bucks. And I'm like, that's my pay for going here. You know, they're just being nice to me because I came here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is true. Just to finish on the trail, you went, obviously, you know, you walked into Santiago de Compostela. What was the overriding feeling of that as you're walking through the town center into that square, right? Yes. It was so amazing because the arrows stop when you get to Santiago and you're like looking up and you can see the cathedral and you're like, Ooh, I wonder which road you take. To oh, get right. There. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was so fortunate. There was a man who had, he was tethered to a developmentally disabled person and he saw me looking around and he said, told me to follow him and he was going into Santiago. Mm. So I followed him and he, you can, there's even an elevator to go from one of the lower streets to the upper streets. It's just oh, a wow. free elevator. You get in there and takes you up. I really knew when I was getting close, when I heard the bagpipe and right. the bagpipe is right down there. And one thing I'd like to say is get some money out because there's people begging along the road. And really? oh, yes. Wow. And, and I was just so mesmerized. I didn't even give anybody any money, not even the bag pipe guy. Cause I was just like, ah, you know? <laughs> but I wish I had, because I felt bad afterwards that there's a lady there. There, I think it's an organization or something like this lady is sitting, she's kneeling down with a bowl in front of her with her hands together, praying. And every time I went there, she was there or somebody else. So I think there's a bagpipers guild that provides a bagpiper. Cause one time I went through there and there was a lady bagpiping in there. And um, 
And then those people that are begging. Uh, so I would, I would pull out some change so you can <laughs> throw it, throw them in her bowl. That'll make you feel good. <laughs> and then the final part is do you get like a certificate to finish, right? You get like, a yeah. Little... So, so you go, you walk in, you walk past the bagpipe guy and the beggars, and then you go into the square and it's like, there's the cathedral and people are like sunning themselves in front of the cathedral. It's like, people are just there. They're yeah. not milling around. They're like sitting down. Uh, every once in a while, somebody will come in off the trail and be there and try and find somebody to take your picture in front of the cathedral. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, it's very special to be there. Yeah. And then I started asking around, where do I get my Compostello? And somebody told me go over there and I really didn't know what they were talking about, but I went over there anyway. And then I asked somebody else, <laughs> so you, just, you know, you go where they tell you to, and then you ask somebody else and then finally get there. And the, like the line was like an hour and a half long. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, you know, was standing behind this man and his daughter who had just walked the Camino and we had a wonderful conversation and it wasn't a, big deal. Uh, although one thing that I must say, they say that you should get two stamps every day, the last hundred K. Okay. And I thought that that was just for the people that didn't walk the whole way. Yeah. But I was wrong. So they were like iffy, whether they were going to give me my Compostela or not, because I hadn't gotten two stamps every day, the last hundred K. Oh, wow. Finally, okay. they figured out that they could give it to me, but how does that work for shorter trails like the one I'm going to do? Would I get a certificate or would it be like a different Well, wait type? a minute. So you're going to, if you're going to Finisterra, you're going to start at Santiago, right? No, we didn't. Opposite you're way. You're going to start at Finisterra and walk to Santiago? We're starting in Muxia. We're going to walk down. Oh, you're going to start in Muxia and you're going to go to Finisterra and then. Then across. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Well, if it's 100K, they'll give you your. Yeah, it's 120K. Yeah. Yeah, because I, when I went to. Finisterre, it was like 90k or yeah sounds about right yeah we have, we decided that way around because we've got a short amount of time and we just felt the short trails that looked the best one but reversed and we want to mm. finish in santiago right we want to finish in the town so we yeah. read, read some blogs people have done it that way so yeah we're going to start on mux oh, here and, and work our way down and to finish there and then go across that's wonderful but i guess we need to get some stamps right yeah. Yes, you need to get stamped two a day, actually. You know, you get one from the place where you stay that night and then get one where you get coffee. Okay, that's good. That's good. Another good tip. Oh, I've got yeah. some notes here from this. This is like a learning <laughs> thing for me. This is brilliant. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the details of this trip are in your book. Um, it's hard yeah. It's hard to summarize in a podcast um, episode because there's so many things you probably wrote about, like day-to-day -day or people that you've met, like real specific stuff. So on a high level, we've given, I think, enough of a taste that people maybe want to try it. But is there anything else you want to add to what you've said so far for the trail that I might have missed, like questions wise or? Yeah, my my book has my adventures. I had some adventures. <laughs> a lot of people want to know what it's going to be like. And I think if you read my book, you will know what it's like and um, what it was like for me. Yeah. Um, and um, I just really loved the whole thing meeting people, um, 
eating with people. Um, some of my, you know, some of my philosophies that I got from, you know, listening to speakers for all those years when Ron was sick. And then I told them to all the people I, one of the things that I, I talked about was Ho'oponopono on the Camino, because there were people with problems and I would meet them and I'd be like, well, you could try Ho'oponopono, you know, and I met people like my mother, my mother's birthday was while I was on the Camino and I, I bought a cake and brought it into the Albergate and asked if people would eat cake with me for my mother's birthday and and uh, yeah, and this one woman wanted to know if I had must have had a good relationship with my mom. And I said, well, not really, you know, and she <laughs> said, yeah, I didn't either. And so we kind of had some camaraderie around huh. that, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> but I mean, I always it she had just died that she like my husband died in August and my mother died in October. Oh, wow. So it was boom, boom. And then my brother died the next October. So it was like, oh, my. Oh, wow. My, my my nan had the same thing actually. Obviously, this is when I was very little. I was only two or three, but in the same year, that was mm. yeah. Her husband, her mum, and her brother all in the same year. Crazy. Mm. I don't know how people cope with that. Yeah, I my my brother, his he really liked my mom, and they were like vacation buddies. And when she died, I think he was just done too. Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's um, it's good to be alive. Yeah. And, um, I'm appreciating, you know, my husband's disease. It was awful, but I was just really glad I was the well one. You know, it could have been the other way around. He could be taking care of me. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't be sad about that, that he was ill. You know, you just don't die the same year. People do, I guess. But (laughs) yeah, there's a British comedian called Greg Davies. And he talked about one of the stand-ups about even in times of like that, there are some funny stuff or highlights where it's not all doom and gloom there are some like things you would like want to tell someone because they're funny so he would go on and tell some stories about you know the day that his dad was in hospital and it's clear that he wasn't gonna last much longer and even like the nurse that came in to look after him he was like it's a bit funny and like told a story about his son he keeps eating eating chickens all the time and basically the, the, the thing is that the story was so ridiculous that it made him laugh on this like day where you really think they shouldn't be laughing, but it just made it a bit more lighter and there's a happy memory there. Yeah. I used to do um, humor therapy at the hospital here in San Diego. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dress up like a clown and (laughs) sing him a song and tell him a joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I think it's needed. And where can we find your book? Where can we buy it? Um, It's on Amazon, Wisdom on the Camino. A Spiritual Journey, Sharing Forgiveness, Possibilities to Inspire the Rest of Your Life by Kathleen Donnelly Israel. And it's on Amazon. You can get it as a, an ebook, or you can just buy the, the paper book. But the, the cover is really killer. I really love, you know, my cover designer was wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So kind of key, isn't it? That's the first thing you see. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he uh took my picture and then yeah. he put another picture of me inside my picture oh wow like, that's awesome yeah. we touched on this earlier but this took you about three months to write but obviously longer to get it all sorted and out there right yeah because i wanted to share my pictures uh, and in the book there's a page and it says uh read this first and it has you go to my website 
you know, they have a double thing. You have to send you an email and then you send them back an email type of thing. Cause oh, okay. they, they don't let you just let everybody in because people do weird things, but yeah, I guess I might nick your photos. Yeah. So the photos are great. Mm. And they, I mean, I, I put them into chapters. So each chapter, you can just see those pictures yeah. when you're reading that chapter. Okay. And you do have a website. It's called wisdomonthecamino.com. Yes. Information there as well. Yes. I was going to say, there's a picture of you on that website in front of the cathedral. I, I, I would imagine at the end. Yeah, that I have it on the back of the book too. Oh yeah, in front of the cathedral. What a day! What a day that was. <laughs> yeah, amazing. it's just a mix of emotions, right? I had um, someone else come on the podcast who was doing a a year trip biking just around Southeast Asia and Europe, and the last day was the Santiago. They actually finished oh. their trip biking your your trail, but biking it. And I said to them, like, what, you know, how did you feel? They're like, it was such a weird feeling that we had one year biking around like all these countries it's a relief to finish and then he's like but then what happens tomorrow because we're used to biking every day and like they pack the bike up and leave there were a lot of people riding bicycles um actually in australia i i was you know one of the last people that got in that night and they put me in with the italian bicycle club and (laughs) oh my gosh those guys were snoring and farting all night long (laughs) But they yeah. were very respectful. It, it was amazing. I say it'd be a big day for them, but I guess they're doing the same journey as you, so maybe not as difficult. I don't know. I don't know how fast they would do it. Like 100 miles a day, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, my friends were, when they arrived in the Camino, after a year trip, they were so like, it's a bit of sweet, really, because they kind of felt like they've achieved something for a year. They've been biking like almost every day for a year, seen so many people in so many places. But then like, excited to go home as well because they don't have to go on their bike tomorrow but the, the the real problem for them was afterwards right they had the excitement of the camino they'd done that had a few drinks to celebrate packed their bike up and went home to australia they said it took like six months to recover because they felt like they lost something or they were not doing something anymore it's quite a strange feeling yeah this last time when i got home i was really concerned about that because i mm. got really buff on the camino and then I'm, i got home what am i going to do be a couch potato and so i started walking to church every morning it's just a mile but it's uphill there's a really huge hill by my house oh, okay and so i have to walk up this giant hill every every morning and um it's only two miles but at least i'm doing something <laughs> yeah yeah and it must be strange right to do that sort of trip every day you have a little aim and you meet people and different stories and different things happen and then yeah you're back to the almost like real life it's quite a strange feeling when when I was um when I got done with the Camino Frances I had planned to go to Scotland and take um I'm an artist so I was taking classes on how to do icon painting okay in Scotland yeah. And so that was really cool. Um, so I didn't go right home. I just went over to Scotland and I was walking around there because I mean, I, I had to get, I had to stay at a hostel and then I had to walk all the way over the other part of, part of town to my class every day. And <laughs> what town was so, that in Scotland? Where was that? In Edinburgh. Okay. Edinburgh. Yeah. 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 I, I, I thought I would like to paint icons a long time ago. And so I, I searched 
the web for icon classes mm. and actually the one in Edinburgh came up. So I thought, oh, good. So when I was going to the Camino, I didn't, I didn't want to go home too early because I wanted to make sure I finished. And so I yeah. set up the classes over in Edinburgh afterwards. So I went over there. Nice. And in, in Scotland, you can do um, some great walks and stay at these little boffies, right? They're called boffies. Really? They're, they're free. A boffy. You should put it in Google. Um, but basically what a boffy is, it's an old stones, like a couple of rooms, right? They're kind of built within the nature and they're free. And the idea is back in the day when you'd walk, the weary traveler would stay in these boffies, right? They're normally like located along the trail. And you have to let people stay there, right? So you can't just have it to yourself. But if someone came along on the trail and needed someone to stay for a night, you invite them in, right? But it's free. And there's like this like relaxed atmosphere where you kind of fill it up until it's full. It's quite a well-known thing to do in Scotland. It's like you, you pick a Is trail. Is there like a map of them? Yeah, there must be a Boffy map. It's B-O-T-H-Y. Okay, I'm going to check that out. These Boffies in Scotland, they're kind of dotted all around the place, really. Um, so kind of on my list of things to do. You know, I have a really cool story about Scotland. Okay, so <clears throat> when my husband was ill, it uh, wasn't so bad yet. We went to Scotland and we were we went to Aviemore out oh, yeah. in the hills out there by mm -hmm. the Cairngorm Mountains. And so we were taking a hike and I found a rock and it was shaped like a heart. And I thought, wow, this is a really cool rock. And so I put it in my pocket. And then when we got over by Lake Eileen, I heard this voice in my head, not really, but my <laughs> imagination made this voice in my head that said, throw the rock in the lake. And I just thought, no, I, <laughs> I was feeling really bad because I had, you know, this terrible Parkinson's disease I was going to have to live with for a while there. And so I said, no, but I'll come back. I'll come back. And so when I was in Scotland, I went up to Aviemore and I stayed at, um, you know, this place and I walked out to Lake Eileen and I, as I was walking out to Lake Eileen, I was kind of, you know, communicating in my head with whoever said I should throw it in the lake. I said, yeah. I'm back. Do you see me? And the wind just got really strong. And so I was walking along and when I got to the lake, well, I had two heart rocks and I didn't know which one it was. So I just brought them both. And so I threw them both into the lake and the wind stopped blowing. Oh, okay. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. That's mental. Yeah. So that was kind of a, the end of my trip. And after that, I went down to London and took the Eurostar over to Paris and went yeah. home after that. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people do that. Scotland's got a magical feel about it, I think. Um, I've not really explored it much of it apart from Edinburgh, like you have. I would love to go and like do like, yeah, go and stay in these bothies on these trails. There's about 90 of them in Scotland dotted around. Oh. Many of the highlands up that, that far north, right? Oh, um, yeah. And there's quite a few shows in the UK, like travel shows, where they like showcase the best spots for some bothies and like the, the, the locations like on top of a hill and the view is unbelievable. So, yeah, you... I think you'd like that. I think that'd be right up your street. Yeah, maybe that's next, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. After the Camino Norte, I'm going to do the Camino Norte next year. Oh, is that your next aim? Yes. How far yeah, is I that went, one? It's not as far. Yeah, I'll probably go to Muxa 
after that. So actually, when I when I go over there, I don't like to walk a short way because I mean, it's a long ways from San Diego to the Iberian Peninsula. Yes. So I like to stay a long time. And I think the Camino del Norte isn't as long as the Francais. Okay. And so I, I was thinking I need to do some other things while I'm there. Maybe I'll go to Scotland and hike over in Scotland afterwards. Yeah, go say some boffies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Okay, it's settled. <laughs> Done. That's what we like. <laughs> Quick. Yeah. Done. Yeah, um, the Camino del Norte is along the northern coast, right, of Spain. Yes. That, that yeah. would be incredible. I know. I love the ocean so much. Yeah, that would be insane. The, the great thing about Spain is like there's so many different little cultures within that country. Like you can start at the start of your trail and end, and it'd be like maybe not completely different, but they've got some niches for their culture, right? Because in that Del Norte, I guess you're starting the Basque region, right? Yeah, it's it's all across the north. Yeah. When I was in Portugal, um, I mean, everybody had pastries. I mean, the big deal was pastries. Yeah. And then when I got up into Spain. You know, you go into a bar and they've got a bowl of fruit on the on the counter, not pastries. <laughs> I was like, oh, my, these people are healthy. Yeah. Yeah. All that sun, oranges and stuff like that. Dream. Mm-hmm. Actually, one more question about your book, actually. I need to ask, what was the reaction to your book? Like how have you had like lots of messages or people mess- like reaching out to say, hey, I love your book. Like it's inspired me to do a trail. Like what's the reaction been? Yes. You know what? I grew up in Lakeside. I mean, uh, my kids grew up in Lakeside, uh, which is about 15 miles east of me. And the one of the local doctors um, read my book and he got so excited. He's taking a whole group of people from that. My uh, the church, Our Lady of Perpetual Help, he's taking them on the Camino. Wow. And um, yeah, they're all getting together and doing it, it, which is like not what I did. I did it all by myself. Yes. Nobody walks as slow as me, so I don't think I could walk with anybody. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting dynamic, really, isn't it? Like, if you go with someone, like, what happens if one person's too fast? Yeah, you get to compromise, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, I haven't thought about that with my two friends I'm going with in uh, in June. I think we'd be roughly the same, but you never know, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I could go with my sister-in-law. She's pretty much like me. Uh, but anybody who would be somebody who would love to walk far, they probably wouldn't want to walk with me, even though I like to walk far, but I, I walk slow. My my sister, I mean, my, my cousin-in-law, <laughs> uh, she was one of the first people who read my book. And I was you know, kind of hemming and hawing. And I'm like, oh, do you think anybody would like it? And she said, Kathy, I've got a big smile on my face while I'm reading this. You know, it's like she was just enjoying it so much. And I, and that made me feel really good when she said that. Yeah, I think that's the aim of a book, right? You know, if I, if I ever release my book, um, I would like people to say that basically. Yeah. Like I had a smile on my face reading it uh, because some funny stories or they can imagine themselves doing that sort of backpacking or your or your trail you know that's what you want to kind of have as a reaction I think it's really kind of funny with the reviews because uh everybody says good things about it there's nobody says anything bad but most of the people gave me five stars but two people gave me four stars and I'm like they gave me this really great review and then they gave me four stars so <laughs> I don't know if they're finger slipped or yeah. they, they just can't give five stars maybe they just can't do that yeah, I, don't know. I think you've made it once you've got 
um, a non five star review. That's when you know you're a proper writer or podcaster or whatever, right? I think we all know it's coming. <laughs> There's going to be someone. I think someone gave me four stars before. I, I really wasn't concerned about it. It's just part of the course, right? Someone yeah. just thinks it's not worth the full five stars. That's absolutely fine with me. I think some people think that they could only give five stars to perfection and, you know, perfection doesn't really exist. So maybe not. they're four stars or five, really. Yeah, that's what I would tell myself. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell myself. <laughs> and do you plan to write any more books? Like even if you go on other trails in the Camino? Or- I have to write the book about the Camino Portuguese and then I'll have to write that other one later. Yeah, so you got like a part market. two, part three. Yeah, yeah. With the with the self-publishing school, after you write your first book, then they're like, so are you going to write a box set? Right. So I guess that'll be my box set. Yeah, yeah. We- Have you got like any drafts for the Portuguese one you've done? No, because I've been, uh, I, I can't believe I'm taking this digital design class. I I used to be a graphic designer and I, I thought I would make my own cover. Yeah. And so I got Photoshop and I tried to do it, but my skills are like 10 years old, 20 years old, you know. Yeah, technology moves fast, right? So I signed up for a class and I never got it until now. And I'm like, I don't need it anymore, but it's so interesting (laughs) and I love it. You know, it's like eating up my time. So I haven't been writing my book. Did you do the same process as the original where you kind of had like the WhatsApp group or did you actually journal your Portuguese trail? No, I didn't. I just get in there and I just do it. I don't, I can't write about it along the way. And okay. the Facebook, like I say, the Facebook page group yeah. and, the, and the WhatsApp for my kids. And then, you know, I have my passport that you have to have it stamped every night. So I've got that to tell me where I was every day. Okay. Yeah. And the when I did the, the Camino Francaise, I was actually tearing the pages out and throwing them away every day. It makes your book lighter so you don't have to carry so much. But yeah. when I got home, I didn't have my book anymore. <laughs> yeah, I got I bought a digital copy and was looking through that. I think it just jogs your memory. And then you get these great memories of some experience that you had that that you just I, I just wrote about the experiences. It was so fun. Yeah, that's kind of I had Facebook to help me with my travels, but I do have a pretty good memory of it. I can tell you, you know, where I met someone what we did and all that sort of stuff. But I guess some people don't have that. So I guess they would have to journal each day or you have a Facebook group, right? Just to make sure that they can refer back to it. Right. Yeah. And like I'm 72 years old, so I forget things real easily, but I can't believe that I just remembered all that stuff. I mean, everything I wrote down was actual happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's mental. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's quite a lucky thing to have, I think. But I've, I've actually made a promise to myself next time I go traveling, I'm going to journal because I think um, it's the individual details. Like I'd want to know in 10 years time, what cafe did I have that great coffee at? Whereas back in the day, you probably say I had a coffee here and met this person, but I want to know specifically what type of coffee was it? What cafe was it? You know, even what road maybe, I don't know. So I'm going to have to journal. That's good. You know, yeah, and you can journal yeah. with your with your voice too. True, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. That's and then the you idea. don't have to carry a book around. Yeah, yeah. My niece, uh, she walked the the Appalachian Trail. She walked yeah. the Pacific Coast Trail, and she, when she sees me walking the Camino with my little tiny pack, and she carried all her food and everything with her, and there I was with this little pack trying to keep <laughs> it as light as I can. She just rolls her eyes. She doesn't. <laughs> 
she's not impressed with what I did at all. Yeah, I actually got a question here. I don't know if you saw my notes. I didn't ask it, and well, now you mentioned it. Like I was gonna say, is it like the PCT? But I, I think it's different, right? Because the yeah. PCT, you would have to literally carry days worth of stuff until your next town. Yeah, line. you have to take all your stuff. You have to, yeah. you know, you have to take all your stuff, and you have to take all your uh, freeze dried food and this and that. <clears throat> when I used to go hiking with Bandy, I I would take a French bread and I would take a jar of peanut butter. And I would take a summer sausage. I took a can of stew and I cooked the can of stew the first night and ate it. And then I used that can for a pot to boil my tea in for the rest of the trip. Oh, nice. I guess I had raisins and stuff too, but. I think the PCT is like a different level. I think it's got like mountains and stuff. And if you want to do the full trail, I guess. Yeah, she did. Yeah, She did do the full trail and she did the full Appalachian trail is worse than the peak. Pacific Coast Trail. Oh, is it? Where where, where is yeah, that? They got bears. Well, I guess some parts of the Pacific Coast Trail they have bears, but yeah, I'm not I'm not into to um, mountain lions at all. Yeah, I yeah, you lived in Canada. There's a, there's a threat of bears like everywhere you go in the from basically from now until end of summer, right? So you can't just wing it if you like. You do have to prepare for it, unfortunately. Oh yeah, the Appalachian Trail would be a I guess a different level as well. But it depends what your aim is, right? The Camino is just as good for different reasons. So, Well, it's a pilgrimage and it's a holy yeah. pilgrimage. So that's the deal with that. And personal travel. You've mentioned Scotland. Is there anywhere you want to mention that you love traveling to? I, I know you mentioned Japan, climb Mount Fuji. Yeah, Mount Fuji. <laughs> yeah, I found that quite, I wouldn't say easy, but it wasn't difficult, Mount Fuji. Oh, you went Mount Fuji too? Yeah, done that. Yeah, yeah. Back, back in 2018, right. I think it was. It absolutely poured down of rain yeah there was a lightning storm when i was on mount fuji (laughs) i was up at one of these um those little huts up there to get a stamp on my pole fuji pole and uh they had a chair next to the the stovepipe because if you got too near the stovepipe the electricity would jump right off the stovepipe and get onto you and you would be electrocuted so they people couldn't get near the stove at all yeah interesting hike but i did enjoy it it was an achievement um yeah any countries that you want to mention that you've been to that you loved well i loved scotland and went to ireland i i did a holy week retreat in ireland and i went over to germany lake constance i went to a seminar that was really beautiful but the camino was the most beautiful the camino francis was the most beautiful uh, more beautiful than the portuguese Oh, really? Okay. It just um, melted my heart. My heart needed melting at the time. It was great. Mission accomplished. Yes. <laughs> okay. And you mentioned future travel. Is You plan to do the Del Norte next year? And then I'm going over to Scotland afterwards. Yeah. Year. Maybe I'll take some icon classes over there when I'm over there. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I'm actually excited about this must-have feature because I think you could probably give us a good insight here into your Camino say planning and, and sort of like preparation for it because I think you probably would have to probably have some of these in your backpack because it's going to be crucial. So, hey, yeah, just a quick one before we carry on with the travel questions. I have added in that travel must haves feature to my Patreon. You can sign up for four pounds, seven dollars fifty Canadian, six US dollars a month, and this will give you an extra bonus episode per month, ad free content, twenty four hours early access to the episode. You can get a patron shout out. I can also maybe get some ad hoc podcast episodes that I might release during a month. 
and you'll also get some free stickers that I'll send to you in the post. If you're interested in that, head to patreon.com and forward slash Winging It Travel Podcast and you'll find me there. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. Is there three countries that you've not been to that you would love to go to? I would like to go to Hungary. My, okay. my, gran- my grandmother is from Hungary, came on the boat from Hungary. Yeah. And I, they have a, a, a lake over there that has a trail around it. And I would love to do that. I've, I've been to Italy, but I haven't been to Florence and I haven't been to Venice. So oh, I yeah. think I would okay. like to go to those two places. Yeah. And I would like to go to Australia. Yeah, Australia is the dream, in my opinion. Maybe three countries that you have been to that you would say are your favorites. Obviously, apart from US, because you live there. But yeah, <laughs> well, I like I like Scotland. Well, I went to Sweden. That was really nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I was there on Midsummer Day. I was like, what a what a treat was that? That was great. Yeah. Oh, I Iceland. I would like to go to Iceland. Iceland, yeah, it's a great place. In both, you know, extremes of summer and winter, they've got their own merits. Mm-hmm. Nothing worth doing. Okay, and if you were to live in one other country, right, that you've not lived in before, where would you live? Let's say for a year. For a year, I think I would go to Portugal and live there along the sea. Yeah, I I walked I walked all the way from Lisbon to Santiago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that that would be amazing. Yeah, I saw it. I saw the place. okay do you have a country's cuisine as your favorite somewhere that you've been where you love their food you know uh i really don't like the food in ireland but i had the best dinner i ever had in ireland Uh, (laughs) it was yeah this restaurant right across from saint i think it was aloysius or something like that and they had such fresh salmon it was just to die for even though the the food in Ireland is pretty bad. <laughs> think, oh, wow. That was wonderful. Yeah. It's interesting because someone named Ireland on my podcast as their favorite place to eat. So it's quite really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, funny. I had Irish stew and it wasn't stew. It was soup. But then Americans don't know how to make Irish stew. Irish people do, right? I don't know. Stew to me, it it has like lumpy and thick, um, but it was, you know, just the vegetables and the meat and the stock. That was it. Do you drink coffee? I do drink coffee. Okay. So if you could pick one city in the world to drink coffee and just watch the world go by, where do you drink coffee? Uh, Zurich. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Any reason for that? I did drink coffee in Zurich. Uh, yeah, and you loved it? <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay. Yeah. And do you have a country's favorite coffee? Like maybe like, I don't know, Colombian or 
Oh, yeah. Colombia. I have a friend who lives in Colombia and she brings me coffee. And uh, really, it's wonderful. Yeah. Dream. That's, that's a dream. But I yeah. like French roast Colombian coffee. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Couple more questions. And maybe like you must have seen some landmarks uh, on your on your journey. So maybe like a landmark that really like speaks to you. What's, what's been a favorite landmark of yours? Well, Astorga, I guess. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. stands out to me. I, I did not want to leave when I, it was time to leave there. Oh, it wow. Was, that good. It was beautiful. I guess that's in your book. I guess you explain that in your book. You must, yes, must I imagine. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to, you know, self-proclaim it. I need to get your book. So I need to read it. I'll let you know when I complete it. And the last question is, if you were to try to convince someone, this could either be travel in general or even the Camino, a few sentences as to why they should go if they're kind of on the fence about it. What would you say to them? You might as well go. Uh, if you go, then you'll know what it's like. And if you don't go, you won't know what it's like and you're going to be stuck. So it's better to go. And it's better to go by yourself if you don't have someone to go with because it's an adventure. Yeah. Do you think that stops people actually? Extra like side note here. Like if they've got no one to go with, do you think that maybe holds people back because they're scared of going on their own? Absolutely. Hmm. 100%. Oh my gosh. So many people. And I met so many people there that were there um, with a group and they don't walk the same amount of fast. And so they're walking alone anyway. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's an interesting way of putting it because they probably wouldn't make the leap on their own. But now they're there and they're behind. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting yeah, point. They're walking alone. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a bit. It's a big step to go on your own, I think. Um, whatever you do, whether it's Camino or holiday or a vacation or even travel, right? It's a big step. But for my eyes, there's no bad points to it. You'll, you'll learn something whether you like it or not. I was never afraid to go by myself. I, mm. I always just did it. Like when I was going to school, I, I went every, I went every summer to Switzerland by myself. Like the first time I flew into Milan and the second time I flew into Zurich. And then, you know, you, you don't, I mean, especially in, in Italy, I, I didn't speak Italian and, <laughs> and, you know, you look up on the board and, like somebody will tell you, okay, well, there's your, your bus. And then you see the, the names of the towns. And so you're like, okay, well, that's the town I want to go in. <laughs> and it's on, you know, uh, platform 24 and and what time. And so you just figure it out. Yeah, I think that's a good way to end the episode that we just figure it out. So I think we figured this one out. So Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure to chat with you about your journey and your stories and also hear about your book. And I'll put all the notes about where you can find your book and your website in the show notes so people can access that. And thanks for making time. And don't forget to leave a review. Crucial. That is for Kathleen's book and also my podcast. I need reviews. So um, <laughs> if you listen to this, yeah, right. <laughs> be very kind to do that. That'd be very much helpful for us both. So thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel podcast. 
I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.